Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Pastor Caesar LaFleur. Hey, thanks for being part of our day. We're in Woodlawn with Pastor Courtney Lewis in front of Cornerstone Baptist Church, which is also the home of Cornerstone Christian Academy. Pastor Lewis, how are you and welcome to the program. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me, Caesar. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Pastor Lewis, we're standing on a spot that not long ago, there was another event taking place here. <laughs> right. Uh, th I think you had like the city administration coming against you. What was going on on this spot a couple years ago? Well, our constitutional right to peaceably assemble was threatened. And right here at this door, uh, we had uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot sent armed police officers to shut us down on a Sunday morning, along with nine squad cars and three SUVs from City Hall to stop us from worshiping. You mean nine squad cars? Yes, sir. Three SUVs with armed men on a Sunday morning showed up at this facility to shut down your worship? And why were they doing that? Well, because of the uh, mandated shutdowns, abortion clinics, grocery stores, and liquor stores are fine, but the mayor decided she was gonna put her foot on the necks of pastors and churches that met outside of her order. Pastor, when I read about your story and I read one of the lines, you said, look, we just want the same respect that you're giving liquor stores, that you're giving abortion clinics. Mm -hmm. We just want the same respect in order to be able to have the freedom to be able to worship as well. But it seemed like to me that everybody else had an opportunity to do what they wanted to do, except people of faith. It yes. seemed like it was intentionally yeah. to shut down the church. Yeah. Do you think this was a, a organized effort against the church? I do. And mm -hmm. I believe it was headed by Satan himself, mm -hmm. as if church is the only place where you can get COVID. You can't right. get COVID at the grocery store. You can't get it at the liquor store, but you can get, you're going to get it at church. And so we can't have church. So we could have got COVID, but we was buying all that toilet paper in the grocery store. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, but if to you're the worshiping church, the Lord, worshiping God. no, get, wow. you can't go there. But, but tell us what, what happened in the end result. Did they shut you down? Or? No, these doors were locked. You, on purpose. You shut them out. We shut them out. Okay. And they, they left. They came to shut you down, but you shut them out. Yes. Was there any follow-up action that they tried to bring against you? Well, that was in response to a letter that they sent to us uh, threatening to exercise summary abatement, which means they could have taken possession of our building and bulldozed it uh, without due process. Wow. And so after that, we got in touch with the Department of Justice and the Lord really worked and fought on our behalf and we haven't had any problems since. Amen. Well, I'm glad they didn't shut it down. I'm glad they didn't close it down. And I'm really happy they didn't bulldoze it down because we're standing out here now and we're talking about another thing that the Lord is using your church to bring attention to. Mm -hmm. And that's the fact that you and your congregation after very quick prayerful deliberation and consideration decided to open up a Christian school in your church? Do I have that right? Yes, it, I tell you, it was the hardest thing I think that we've ever done as a church besides actually planning the church 13 years ago mm -hmm. from scratch was starting a Christian school. And so I struggled and wrestled with God on it, but I came to the conclusion that it was certainly God's will and mm -hmm. that he wanted us to move forward with that venture. You told me you were doing something before you guys opened up. You guys were driving all the way to Indiana yes. to take, why were you taking children to school in Indiana? Yeah, so for over a decade, we were traveling from Chicago to Chesterton, Indiana, which is every bit of an hour one way in order to take our children to a solid Christian school where they would not be indoctrinated with what the public school is, is selling. Hold, hold up, wait a minute. I, I just want to get clarity for our listeners. Are you telling me that you had to drive an hour 
from where you live to another state yes. to find a school, a Christian school, that you thought that was worthy, you know, doctrinally correct? Four hours of driving every day. My wife would drive a group of children from our church to the school. Then she'd, of course, have to come back home. And then in the afternoon, drive another hour out and then come back. $250 a month in gasoline alone, not counting tuition, but it was worth it because we are so against the government schools and the way they are destroying our children. And, and that was going to be my next question, because I know that you didn't decide to open up a school in your church and go through all of the effort that you have to go through in order to be able to make this happen, to go through all of the effort of trying to raise the necessary funds, go through all of the effort of administrating it just for your children alone. Correct. D did you believe that it was important for other children to have an opportunity yes. for the same thing that you were looking for for your children. Talk Absolutely. to them about that. So I thought it would have been thoroughly selfish to just keep my children at home and homeschool them or continue to travel that distance. It just wasn't sustainable to keep going the distance. And so when we made the decision to keep our children home and educate them, the Lord just started working and leading mm. and, and said, you know what, you need to make this opportunity available for the rest of the flock. It really was God impressing upon my heart the need to rescue the children in our church from the government school system. They failed our children miserably. They have indoctrinated our children away from the core values that we're trying to instill in them when they're here at church. And we just felt that if the church would preach the truth, yes. and if the families would teach the truth, that if they did not have that other element of the school behind those efforts, that really the good efforts would be neutralized and that our children would be getting the truth at home and in church and then have it undone at school. And so God pressed upon my heart the need to really reach out and rescue our children from the public school and the community if the Lord would lead that way. Well, yeah. so now here we are standing in Woodlawn yeah. in front of your school. Yes. And you know, as I was talking to you about it earlier, you gave me chills because you kind of talked about you had a Moses-like experience yes. when you got a chance to lead somebody out of captivity and hear uh, to the ark of safety. Talk right. to about that, that family. Well, classes had already begun mm -hmm. and started, and there were two uh, twin girls in our school, in our church rather, not in our school, that were still going about three blocks down to the public school when their caretaker made the decision to pull them out of that school and put them into our Christian school. Mm. And she asked me if I would actually take her down there to help her get the paperwork, the transfers, in order to get them into our school. And so that was a moment mm -hmm. where it was so, it felt so victorious to say, we're doing our part to get our children out of these government schools. We're standing here talking to Pastor Courtney Lewis of the Cornerstone Baptist Church and also the Cornerstone Christian Academy. You don't look like Moses, but <laughs> I, I think it's a Moses-like experience that you sure. have. But then also, I think that you can also be an inspiration to other pastors, because Pastor, I believe this is a Kairos moment. I think this is a opportune time in response to what's been going on in the state with the passage of SB 818, comprehensive sex education in the school systems. So talk to us yeah. about that a little bit. Well, what's, what's your reaction to it's, that? It's real simple. As mm -hmm. a parent, I'd be thoroughly offended to know that somebody uh, that has a hidden agenda wants to take the responsibility to teach these sensitive topics to my children. Mm -hmm. That's my job. Mm -hmm. That's not the government's job. That's right. not their place. Mm -hmm. And so we feel that we should give parents the right to delegate that responsibility to people who are in line with their faith. Mm -hmm. And do you honestly believe, because I do, that it is a, an agenda 
an agenda driven by the forces of darkness who have targeted our children. They put marks, bullseyes on them, if you will, yeah. to indoctrinate them with this you know, sexual deviancy, this unhealthy attitudes about race. And I believe that is being manifest through our curriculum in the school system. And so in response to that, what's the only option, especially for Christians, what's the only option for us? A Christ-based curriculum in a Christian school. And so we took the time to get the very finest, we believe, Christian mm -hmm. uh, curriculum for our children so that they would have the foundation they need to understand God, who he is, how they were created mm -hmm. by him, by his spoken word, mm -hmm. and what their purpose is on this earth. And, and so the bottom line is that you agree with us that the only option is to take the children out of the government schools. Absolutely. Take the Absolutely. children out of the government schools. And mine haven't spent one day in the government school. Wow, I have a 14-year-old. I've got a 12-year-old, I've got an 11-year-old, and not one day have they spent in the government school. Pastor, I'd work, I'd work a paper route and, and three other jobs before I sent them to the government school. Praise God. Pastor, we've been saying- And by the way, I don't yeah. mean to cut you no, off, yeah. but if you take a look at these politicians, these high-ranking politicians who want to push the government school agenda, Ask them where they're sending their kids to school. Absolutely. It's not the public school. And, you, and then just ask the, the, the public school teachers. Yeah. You know, very few public school teachers send their children to public schools. Yeah. So if they know it's poison, why because, do they want to feed it to Absolutely, kids? they know they're aware. That's right. Pastor Lewis, we're standing in front of a sign that says Jesus matters. Yes. And our kids have been inundated with all kinds of messages about black lives matter, all lives matter. Yes. But how important is it for our children to understand that unless they get their relationship with Jesus Christ right, what can only come after them being discipled in the word of God, how is it important for them to know that if they don't get that right, all the education in the world means nothing? Well, absolutely, uh, Jesus matters. And we live in a climate today where we're arguing over what matters and really what matters most is Jesus Christ. And so the very bedrock of our school curriculum is simply that. Jesus Christ and him crucified. You're listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. This is Pastor Cecil LaFleur talking to Pastor Courtney Lewis, and we will be back with more right after this break. In a world dominated by emotion, love the truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. A recent study in Scientific American highlighted just how and why people jump to conclusions. One experiment involved participants watching fish being pulled from two different ponds and asked to make determinations accordingly. Some participants made snap judgments after seeing only one or two fish. Others watched more patiently. And as it turned out, those who drew the quickest conclusions with the least amount of data were also the most likely to believe baseless things in other parts of life. In other words, their habits of lazy thinking kept them from finding the truth. Proverbs 18 says that to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Jumping to conclusions is a universal cultural trait. We all do it. But Christians who love the truth and know its importance must think differently, especially online, where algorithms are designed to feed our biases and our outrage. Proverbs is right. We should listen first. Always ask questions, think critically, and only answer after we know. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Listen, that's the sound of Illinois jobs being flushed away because of Governor Pritzker's liberal policies. 
While his billionaire friends have prospered, thousands of hardworking families have lost their jobs and been forced out of the state in record numbers. Pritzker's tax and regulate agenda has devastated our local businesses and slowed economic growth. It's time to fire J.B. Pritzker. It's time for bold, conservative leadership. Meet Darren Bailey, a rock-solid conservative and third-generation farmer who understands the struggles families face. In the state Senate, Bailey led the fight against Pritzker's unconstitutional orders that closed businesses and deprived us of our freedoms. As governor, Bailey will fight to lower taxes, attract new jobs, and get Illinois back on track. It's time to fire J.B. Pritzker, flush away his liberal policies, and put taxpayers first. It's time for Darren Bailey for governor. Paid for by Bailey for Illinois. We're talking to Pastor Courtney Lewis of the Cornerstone Baptist Church and the Cornerstone Christian Academy. You and your congregation decided to open up a Christian school. Pastor Lewis, you said that it was only three months. In three months' time, you were able to get this up and running. How? Well, we had to decide what curriculum we were going to use. There are several different options. We had to do that. Then we had to decide who was going to help us teach, how we were going to structure that. Uh, we had to decide what are we going to do with our facilities to dual purpose them mm -hmm. for a school. Right. All of these different things we had to, to take into consideration. We had to write a budget. We had to hire a school administrator. We had to get the, the furniture, the basic furniture, a lot of painting, a lot of drywall work. And so in three months, we were able to start that school. Up so that's a big effort. You know, and, and look at what God did. God made it happen. Mm -hmm. But let, tell me this, how has it impacted your church? Is there a greater sense of vitality in your churches? Do you feel a greater energy? Absolutely. Uh, what does it feel like to have these children walking around this building every day? It is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. it, it just gives a vitality to the church. It gives a, a purpose. I'll give you one illustration. The Sunday before classes started, all of our church members stayed after the evening service and would not go home until every detail was in line and in preparation for the school. Even parents who didn't make the decision to send their kids to our school this year in our church stayed behind and made sure that every detail was ready for those kids when they came in the next day. It that, was a blessing. That is amazing. And so if the future of the church, if the church is going to have a future, it starts with discipling our children now because we know that because of lack of discipleship and what our kids are losing in the government schools the church is in decline mm -hmm. do you feel a sense of awakening and growth that's taking place in your church and in your community absolutely. just in this short period of time absolutely so far two families have come to our church just purely because of the academy and those people have not just sent their children to our school, but they've assimilated into our church and they're hearing the preaching of God's word themselves. And I also want to take this opportunity for a clarion call to other pastors and other churches. Uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's not an easy venture, but you can do it. Uh, and we've taken some practical steps uh, to start our school. We want to share those with others. Uh, we want to make some resources available to you so that you can start a Christian school and rescue children from the dangers of government schooling. Hallelujah. That's all we say. Hallelujah. Pastor Lewis, because we have such a lack of integrity, it's not being taught anymore, it's not being modeled, it's not being demonstrated. Do you believe your school provides an opportunity for another generation of leaders to be brought up, to be trained up, who understand these based on biblical principles, what it means for honesty and integrity and patience. Yes. And talk about that. Sure. How do you feel your impact in the future? I think we are stressing the things in our school 
that are necessary for these children to be wonderful citizens of their country. Mm -hmm. We are stressing patriotism. Mm -hmm. We are stressing true American history rather than the revisionist history that's being pushed in our public schools. Like we, the 1619 Project. <laughs> absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and, and really wanting to teach these kids respect. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a high level of, of, of discipline in our classroom where we ask the children to say yes sir, no ma'am. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a, a dress code to guard against the fads of the day impacting their ability to learn. Mm -hmm. And so these are things that are going to make these children wonderful citizens of their country. But not only that, they're the future of tomorrow's church. Absolutely. We are impacting yeah. our church for 20 years to come in the future by what we're doing now with these little children. Pastor, let me tell you something I experienced and maybe this would be an encouragement to some of the other people who are here this and might want to follow your example. I was at Chicago Hope Academy last year uh, and I was walking, they were giving me a tour through the hallways and the gentleman asked me, says, take a look, these are our lockers. What do you notice about the lockers? And I looked at the lockers and there were no locks on any of them. And I said, there's no locks on any of the lockers. He goes, that's right, because we teach our people that it's wrong to steal. We teach them that it's not right to take something that doesn't belong to you. Yes. We teach them about what honesty and integrity is. And it really gave me goosebumps because I said, this is it. Yes. This is what we're missing yes. in our government schools and in other places, these righteousness principles that everybody should grow up knowing. And when the public school tries to teach a basic morality because they've detached that morality from the God of the Bible, they're teaching a morality that will not last. Mm -hmm. It cannot, it's not founded upon anything. Mm -hmm. They're trying to teach the morality of the Bible without the God of the Bible. Amen. So we're saying it's not enough to just tell the people, get your kids out, get your kids out, get your kids out. There has to be a place for the kids to go. Absolutely. Which is why we're talking to pastors and working with people like you and others and the Inglewood pastors that we're working with. We have to be able to provide resources for families that maybe homeschooling is an option. So we need to have resources in our churches to help them do that. Or maybe Christian schools is yes. an option. So our churches need to become centers of education. It's not enough just to be able to say, it's gonna rain, it's gonna rain. We have to provide arcs. Give a word of yeah. encouragement for well, pastors in order to be able to answer their call. The wonderful thing is that those resources are there, okay? We literally started our school from scratch. Mm -hmm. And I had to go out and, and find those resources and utilize them. And of course, with the wisdom that only God provides and how he led so that in three months we could make it happen. But those resources are there. Mm -hmm. And those resources encourage me that I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. I also want to say that I thank Illinois Family Institute because when we made the decision to start our Christian school, we had no idea that there were other groups out there that had a passion to do what we're doing. And so we're very thankful for this initiative and we really want to get behind it. Absolutely. And it was a blessing for us to be able to make connection with you because not only did we want to make ourselves available in any way that we can help and we want you all to know who's listening that Illinois family has a strong commitment to helping pastors like Pastor Lewis in their mission so Illinois family is going to be working with you uh, doing a fundraiser that we're going to be uh, releasing information about to help you meet your goals mm -hmm. but also to encourage other pastors in order to be able to do this we talk all the time as preachers the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to the Lord 
for it and all those things. But we really need to understand that looking at it in a kingdom economy, the resources are there. Mm -hmm. But whether we had a penny or not, our children are worth every effort in yes. order to be able to rescue them and to deliver them from that and to get them into discipleship so that they could have a connection with the Lord. That's the Bible mandate for us yeah. is to make sure that our children have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Mm -hmm. And I often challenge people, Pastor, that Proverbs 22 and 6, that train up a child the way it should go. We have to be more committed to that than the world is committed to that because right now the world is trying to get our children at an earlier and an earlier age. Yes, yes. And they're very vocal about that. Absolutely. They're coming out saying, we, we want your children. Absolutely. And to combat that, the church needs to rise to the occasion and do something about this. And so uh, I'll tell you what, when we brought the idea to our, our church members, there was some concern on how we would do this. Uh, one of the biggest questions is how we would pay for it. And, and really, Caesar, at the time, I didn't have the answers for them. I just knew that it was something that God was leading us to do. Yes. And I felt that if God led us to do it, he would provide the resources and the means for us to make it happen. And one of the church members said, Pastor, we feel like you're running a campaign for political office without answering any questions. And I, all I could say to our people was, God is leading us to do this. Well, over, over the course of those three months, God brought everything in that we needed uh, in order to start our school. He brought the curriculum in. He mm -hmm. brought the desks in, he brought mm -hmm. the supplies, he brought a largely volunteer staff that's committed to what we're doing. And those same church members that were so concerned were able to rejoice in how God allowed us to do what he called us to accomplish. Wow, you know what we say in, 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 the, in the church, look at God, won't he do it? <laughs> won't he do it? We're talking to Pastor Courtney Lewis of the Cornerstone Baptist Church and the Cornerstone Christian Academy. Pastor, thank you so much for being on the program and tell the people how they can get in contact with you or if somebody wants to support what you're doing, what's your contact information? Well, we're Cornerstone Baptist Church. Uh, you can reach us online, Cornerstone Baptist Church. 1210 East 62nd Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60619. We have giving through our webpage. Uh, we have an opportunity for you to uh, give that way if you'd like to. There's a PayPal account. Uh, you can get a hold of us and we'd also like to give you some insight as to what we'd like to do with those funds that would be designated toward the Academy. Absolutely. And the Illinois Family Institute is committed to helping you in that. And so we'll be communicating with our listeners more about how they can support what you're doing. Thank you so much for listening to Illinois Family. And we will be back with you with another exciting program. Thank you so much, Pastor Lewis. God bless you all. We'll see you the next time. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.